Surely he has carried our sorrows. He is wounded for our transgressions and the and the crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity, the guilt of us all. And so we praise him. All hail the glorious sovereign king who conquered death, his praises sing, who laid waste all that lies between his heart and mine. This Christ, my King. We're going to teach you guys a song this morning, and every word that I just said is in the song. We're going to sing scripture and give glory and honor to Him. You can clap, by the way. It's good to do that. Let's worship. Surely, surely he bore our griefs, surely he carried our sorrows, wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our sin, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are here. Sing that again. Surely he bore our griefs. Surely he carried our sorrows, wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our sin. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All hail the glorious sovereign king who conquered death, his praises sing, who laid waste all that lies between his heart and Surely, surely he bore our griefs, surely he carried our sorrows, wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our sin, the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All hail the glorious sovereign king who conquered death, his praises sing, who laid waste all that. Sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone to his own way, while the Lord has laid on him the guilt of the song. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone to his own way, while the Lord has laid on him the guilt of the song. Sing it out. All hail the glorious sovereign king who conquered death. His praises sing. Who laid waste all that lies between his heart and mind? This Christ, my King. All hail the glorious Sovereign King who conquered death. His praises sing. Who laid waste all that lies between his heart and mind? This Christ, my King. 
know, something that I, that lately in my own life that, that God has been reminding me of is his faithfulness. And, uh, and, and I've, I've recently been spending a lot of times in the Psalms. And the one thing that I love about David was when he wrote the Psalms, he is being so real with God. And I think I made mention of this last week. And you can see the times of David when he's in distress. And you can see his times when he is praising God. But, but in the midst of everything, he turns everything back, his attention to Christ, giving him glory. And so a few months ago, as I was sitting down with a guitar, um, uh, I just started reading over Psalm 46. And while I was reading over Psalm 46, which basically says, be still and know that I am God, uh, God just brought a lot of comfort, a lot of comfort to my own heart, knowing that the things that I want to be in control of, He is. And He's more faithful than me. He is my surety. He, he is the rock on which I stand. And so I have confidence knowing that I can be still and know that he is God and know that when everything in my world crashes, when everything seems like it's giving way, Christ remains. And he cannot be shaken. He will not be moved. And neither we, because he is with us.
thank you that you stand and there is nothing there is no one that can remove you from your throne you remain when all else fails you remain and father we know that as you have proven yourself faithful in the lives of those of us who have been saved for years you will prove yourself faithful again and again and again to us all, even those, Father, especially those who have given their lives to you that we have seen follow Christ in the waters of baptism today. Father, we pray that you would pierce us now with your word. Remind us of who Jesus is and how there is no other way to you than through him. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Not that blonde-haired dude that they show in all those pictures. I think Jesus was just a story made up by someone. Yes, there's definitely something special about Jesus. The same things that are special about me and you and, well, everybody. I think Jesus Christ was a magician. I mean, he studied, you know, he studied in the Far East. 
Kind of like David Blaine, but like he had way cooler tricks. Finally tonight, if history has shown us anything, it's that Jesus can appear in any form. A window, a pancake, even a burnt toast. A man in Kentucky says he's got a spoonful of Jesus. Who is Jesus Christ? John McCain is Jesus Christ. God bless him. <laughs> a make-believe story that's got blown out of proportion. A person, a historical figure, that's it. Jesus, while on the earth, asked this question, who do you say that I am? That is Jesus' question for you today. All right. Hey, have you guys had a good time so far today? You guys had fun? Awesome. 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 Hey, my name's Mark. I'm the lead pastor here at Summit. Uh, Just in case we've got some elementary kids here in the back, you guys are dismissed. You guys can go back to your rooms. I don't know if they've done that yet. But we just want to give you a couple of announcements before we jump in today. Um, Today, uh, we are still uh, taking part in what we started last week uh, called Thanksgiving Back. This is an opportunity for us as a church to make sure that local families right here, Hazard, Perry County, have an awesome Thanksgiving, have everything they need to have a great Thanksgiving, and you can be a part of that. You can give to that today at the end of the, at the end today when our ushers get the offering as you're leaving today, that's how we're going to do the offering at the end as you're heading out, they're going to be there ready to get that, to take that for you. Uh, you can designate your offering to that. You can give to myself, Sandra Noble, who uh, just got baptized, by the way. Sandra, are you here in the crowd somewhere? I believe Sandra's here in the crowd. She can raise her hand. She'll be out front. You can uh, give to Sandra. Uh, but Thanksgiving back is an awesome opportunity for us to serve families here. Listen, there's so many first-time guests here today. If you're a first-time guest, we are honored that you're here. We're pumped that you're here. And every single Sunday, we've got a free gift for all of our first-time guests. And so if you're a first-time guest, when you leave today, fill out the connection card that you've got. Give us as much information as possible when you leave and to your right. We have a free gift for you. And so we're excited that you are here today with us. Let's pray. We're going to jump in. Let's pray one more time, all right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you to God that you... God, you've done awesome things here. God, we, we've only been going at this for, for just a couple of weeks. And God, just to see what we saw today is unreal. And God, we pray that it would be a regular occurrence here. God, we pray that that would be what, what you do all the time here at Summit. Father, we give you glory for all 14 baptisms today. God, I pray that right now you would just give me the words to say that you'd speak to us. And God, you know where every person is, God. There's so many things going on in hearts today. There's so many things going on in lives. And it's no accident that we're here. You want to speak to us, so speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you guys a question. You answer the question by raising your hand, all right? You answer this question by raising your hand. How many of you in here like to eat? How many of you? Just raise your hand. You can shout. You can get excited. You like to eat. Some of y'all ain't got your hands raised, and we think you're weird. We don't know how you're making it, because you've got to eat to live, and it's fun to eat. I like food. My hand is up. I'll tell you where I like to go. I like to go to all-you-can-eat buffets. Anybody? Anybody give, anybody give an amen to a good Golden Corral or Ryan's trip? That's right. All-you-can-eat buffets. I tell, I tell you what, when I, go to a, when, I, when I go to one of those places, and on the sign, I see all-you-can-eat buffets. I, I, I don't know what it is, but something in me says, that's a challenge. They're daring you to see if you can do it. And so, so I, I go all in. I, I like going to those places where, where it's just an endless option of food. 
There, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just an endless option of food. I like, I like to go to the kind of place where on one plate I can get a salad, I can get a steak, I can get a piece of pizza, I can get a brownie, and then I can soak it all in gravy. I can do all of that in one place. I just love, That sounds awesome, doesn't it? Let's do that for lunch. I just, I just love going there and just all the options that you have there. Um, but, but it's not only there. We live in a world where there's tons of options. Have you noticed this? Have you noticed that, that it, it's, it's not easy to make a decision anymore because of all the options that you do have? Have you noticed this? Right? So you've probably, maybe you've been in this situation. Your family's going to buy a car. You need a car. Or you think, oh, this is, what my kind of, this is what my family needs. We need this vehicle. You go to the dealership lot and you see that there's all kinds of options you didn't consider. There's your car, but they've got your car, and it's got butt warmers in your car. Anybody know what those are? Your seat warms up, and oh my goodness, it's amazing. So you've got to go home. You've got to detox from all the options that you've got at the car lot. You can't get the car. You, man, there's so many options, I can't decide. TVs. TVs are the same way. You think, you know what, me and my family, we need a new TV. You go to Walmart or wherever you're going to go to purchase that TV. You go there, maybe you've got a specific TV in mind. And all of a sudden, you get there only to discover that what you thought you needed was lame because what your family really needs is is the 100 inch hd plasma 3d tv that's what your family needs just options i was i was actually reminded of this recently uh, my family and i we had to uh, we had to switch insurance uh, coverage and, and do do some things there and i was talking to this insurance salesman on the phone and they were just giving me an endless amount of options for insurance coverage and listen is there anything more fun than talking insurance and buying insurance absolutely not and so they're just giving me all of these options. And, by, and 15 minutes in, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, can you just give me something that keeps me from ever getting sick? You know, can you, can you give me that? It's just, just options. That, it's just too many. And see what can happen a lot of times? Because we live in a world where there's just so many options, a lot of times we can think about God. We can think about spirituality. And think that works the same way. So I've got all kinds of options for this area. Surely God rolls the same way. Surely I can just pick and choose whatever I want. So there's some kind of religion, there's some kind of spirituality that fits into my lifestyle really well. I'll just pick that one because I like it. Out of all the options, I like that one. Or Jesus. You can take him or you can leave him. Or you know what? Other people need Jesus, but really, really not me. That's just not an option that that I'm going to go for. See, what we're going to see today from John chapter 14. If you've got a Bible, you can open up to John chapter 14. And what we're going to see today is that Jesus is not an option. Jesus is not an option. He he won't let us think about himself or spirituality, Christianity, in such a way that it's just an option among many. So if you've got a Bible, you go ahead, you open up to John chapter chapter 14, and we're going to be in verses 1 through 7, all right? We're going to be in verses 1 through 7, John chapter 14, and we're going to read these verses. Here we go. John 14, 1 through 7, it says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, as Thomas one of the disciples, Thomas says to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Probably, probably out of everything we just read, the, the verse, if you're here, you've got a church background, you don't have a church background, the verse that we just read that you probably have heard of and the most controversial verse that we just read is verse 6. Jesus in verse 6, we'll, we'll look at it again. Jesus in verse 6 says this. He says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to God except through him, Jesus says. See, what Jesus has just said is this. Nobody can have a relationship with God. Nobody can know God apart from me. He, he's just said, it doesn't matter how sincere you are in some kind of other faith. It doesn't matter how sincere you are and what you believe. If it doesn't have anything to do with me, if it's another way besides me, it's the wrong way. Because I'm the only way that you can know God. Now see, some of you hear that and you hear that and you think, now see, that's why I don't like Christians. That's why I don't like Christianity, because they're so bigoted. Because they think their way is the only way. I don't know your background, I don't know a lot of you, maybe that your experience with church in the past kind of burns you on Christianity. Maybe you've known some Christians who believe, yeah, Jesus is the only way, and you know they believe that, but they're jerks, right? You ever met jerks that are Christians? And they're just really mean about it. They're, really, they're, just, they're just mean about it. And so it's turned you off to Christianity. And so you're hearing this and thinking, oh yeah, that's what I don't like about Christianity. That they think that their way is the only way. Well, see, what you need to know about that, what, that, that Christians believe that. And you should know that we believe that. You should know. I believe that. But here's why we believe that, all right? We didn't have some kind of meeting where we all, all the Christians got together and said, hey, you know what would be cool? If we said our way was the only way, that'd be great PR, wouldn't it? Let's do that. And so we all broke and we all started saying that. No, listen. The reason that Christians think that is because Jesus said it. The reason that Christians think that is because Jesus said it. So you think, well, why in the world should we listen to him? The reason we should listen to him is because he came back from the dead. Jesus, all through his life, said, listen, guys, I'm going to die for sin and I'm going to come back from the dead because I'm God. And then he did it. So we should listen to him because he did that. But, but see, I, I've had a lot of conversations with people that, that they're just, they're, there's just some big objections that come up when you talk about how Jesus is the only way to know God. And maybe you've had these conversations. Maybe you're hearing some of these objections come up in your heart because you don't believe uh, what I'm saying right now. And listen, if that's where you're at, we want you to be here. Some it's a safe place for you to walk the journey of spirituality, to ask questions, to try to get to know who Jesus is. So all questions you've got, listen, we've probably asked those questions at one time too. You're in a safe place. But really, when I talk to people in conversations, there's really two big objections people have when it comes to Jesus saying, I'm the only way. First objection is that it's intolerant. It's intolerant when Jesus says that's the only way, that he's the only way. So you may be here right now, man, and you're just angry that we're even talking about this. Right? Your, your emotions are raging. Your face is red. Your nostrils are flaring. person next to you is freaking out because they don't know what you're going through. Hair on the back of your neck is standing up because you just don't like what we're talking about. That's intolerant. You, you can't believe that. You can't think that way. And what you need to know is this. If you're here and if you think that, the moment that you tell somebody, you can't think that, you can't believe that, that's wrong, you're intolerant. You're intolerant. See, again, I don't know your background, but maybe you're here and you say, you'd say, you know what, I don't think Jesus would ever say something like that. I think Jesus was a really nice guy, all-loving, a great wise teacher. I don't think that he would ever say something like that. And my question back to you is, 
How do you know? How do you know he wouldn't say that? See, because God is not like us. The Bible says, God even says in the book of Isaiah, he says, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. See, so God at the end of the day is different from you and me. So if you're here and this is kind of what's going on in your mind, I don't like this, this is really intolerant. Can I get you to consider just for a second that God is not like any of us? So maybe you hear this say, oh, that's not fair. Maybe God defines fair differently than you do. Second objection is this. All religions say the same thing. Yeah, Jesus can say whatever he wants about it. He's the only way. But all religions at the end of the day, they all say the same thing. And if you're here and if you think that, my response is, you're right. All religions do say the same thing. But Christianity is not a religion. See, here's what religion says. Listen to me, listen to, listen to this. If you haven't tracked with anything, you've been checking out, check in right now. Religion says this. Religion says, I can work my way to God. So I'm going to obey enough, I'm going to try to do enough stuff, I'm going to keep a bunch of rules, I'm going to not do certain things, and based on what I'm doing or not doing, in the end, God will love me and let me into heaven. So you're here, maybe that's where you're at. You're really religious. You're trying to keep the Ten Commandments. You, you do certain things in the hopes that God will love you and accept you. You don't do certain things, right? So maybe you're here, you don't drink, smoke, chew, you don't date girls that do, that sort of thing. And so you're doing all this stuff, you're not doing other things, in the end, hoping God's going to let me into heaven because I'm doing this. That's religion. Christianity says you can't work your way to God, so God came for you. See, did you see when Jesus says in verses 3 and 4 that I'm going to prepare a place for you? We'll unpack that in just a moment. But when Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, here's what he's saying. I'm going to do everything necessary so that you can have a relationship with God and all you've got to do is believe. There isn't a single religion in the world that says that. Every religion says you work your way to God. Christianity says God comes for you. This, uh, this actually reminds me of a, of a conversation I had with a Muslim one time. I was, I was in Louisville. We're from here. My family and I were from Hazard. Lived in Louisville several years. Did some schooling there and uh, on staff at a church just outside of Louisville. And uh, I was in a bookstore one day, and a guy behind me, I didn't know him. He just started talking to me, and it turns out he was Muslim. And so he's asking me all kinds of Christ, uh, questions about Christianity. I started asking him all kinds of questions about Islam. And, 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 he's te- and if you know anything about Islam, Islam, like every other religion, Islam says... You obey enough, and hopefully Allah will let you into heaven. And so I asked him about Islam. You know, just tell me about it. Tell me what you believe. Tell me all about, you know, everything about it. And so he starts telling me everything that he's doing, hoping he's going to get into heaven. How many times he prays a day? How many times he reads the Koran a day? Everything that he does, everything that he doesn't do. He's going on and on and on with this list of things, and hopefully in the end it's going to be enough. And he's just going on and on and on. It's just taking forever. And so there was a pause in the conversation where it was clear. Oh, now it's my turn to talk, right? And so in that moment, in that moment, when he paused and it was my turn to talk, I had a great Dr. Phil moment. Anybody ever anybody watch Dr. Phil? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. All right? My hand is up a little bit. I'm not a regular viewer. I'm just an occasional viewer. Nobody's hand went up. Next week we talk about lying. All right? I know y'all watching some Dr. Phil. So I'm looking at him, right? I'm looking at him. He's telling me all this stuff about Islam and everything that he's doing. And I had this great Dr. Phil moment. So I look at him, all serious, and I say, how's it working for you? 
That's what I asked him. Like, that's what I In my mind, I thought that was the legit question. Ask him how it's working. So I just looked at I mean, he's being serious, so I get a real serious look on my face. I say, well, man, how's that working for you? And everything about him changed. He got, he got this real somber look on his face. And just looked down on the ground, and I promise this is what he said. He looks at me and he says, I don't know. I don't know if it's working. And then he said this. I'll never forget this. I hope it's enough to get into heaven, but I don't know. Some of you, you're right there. You're right there. Same boat as him. You, you look at life, and, and you, your family, you're facing some things in your life right now that were not in your day planner. You didn't plan for these things to come. And you don't know if you and your family are going to be able to make it. And you're looking at it and you say, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we're going to be okay. I don't know if we can make it through this. I don't know if I can make it through this. So you look at your life right now and you think, I don't know. Others of you, everything right now is going great. You think everything's going the way that it should. For you, it's eternity. It's the next life. You look at it and you're in the same boat. You say, I don't know what's going to happen to me when I die. Or maybe you wouldn't say it that way. Maybe it shows up in your life with a different spin on it. So you've had these kind of moments. You lay your head on the pillow at night and just before you go to sleep, you have this thought every once in a while. I wonder if there's more. I wonder if there's more than just clocking in and and clocking out and maybe sprinkling some vacations on it and having some nice kids in a nice house and and retirement. I, I wonder if there's more. See, what I love about Jesus in this passage is that he says he's not an option now and later. He's not an option in this life and he's not an option in the next life. See, Jesus is not an option in this life. I love what he says in the very first verse here. He says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Let me tell you what makes him say that. Jesus has just told the twelve disciples, I'm going to be arrested and killed. That was a huge thing for them. I mean, most of these guys had left their family, their friends, their jobs... everything they'd lived for and known. It was gone. What's going to But that's not all he said. He said, listen, guys. Did one of you happen? One of you is going to stab me in the back. This before, this before Judas did the ultimate move of betrayal. And so now through the crowd of disciples, there's this talk. Is it me? Am I going to do I don't want to do that. Is it you? Get away from me, you loser. I don't want want to be a part of it. Everything they've known is up in the air. Everything they've known, all the security that they thought they were had, all of a sudden it's as if the wind has been... You drive home, you're going home to some things that are causing your heart to be troubled. 
I mean, here you are, you've tried to do life in your own strength, do it on your own, care for your family, provide, and when trouble comes, you try to make sure that it's... your family and he's saying if you have me if you have me then even though you may be going through some circumstances where you don't know what's going to happen it looks uncertain i've got a different vantage point than you do i know how this is going to work out if you've got me even though it feels like the wind's been taken out of your sails you're safe you're secure if you've got me you're never alone if you've got me then your heart doesn't need to be troubled eternity because if you spend your entire life man pouring yourself out living for the things that everybody tells you you need to get so you get that raise you get that cash you get that car you get that house your wife your husband they're hot some of you can't relate (laughs) some of you're like oh jesus i just wish you'd answer that prayer your kids are obedient you're going to be able to retire early you get all that and in a moment when you die it's gone I mean, there is a reason you've never seen a hearse with a U-Haul strapped to it. Right? Right? Because when you die, it's gone. That's why Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place for you. And when Jesus says he's going to prepare a place for you, you shouldn't think that Jesus is up in heaven right now and he's moving some furniture around and he's sitting at the dinner table and he's getting ready for you. That's not what that means. When Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, what he means is I'm going to die for you. I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to take all your sins on myself. I'm going to take them all on my place. Every bad thing you've ever done, I'm going to die for it. All your hang-ups, all your screw-ups, all your failures, all the times people have hurt you, I'm going to die for it. I'm going to make every preparation needed. And not only am I going to die for it, I'm going to come back to life for you so that you can have a relationship with God. I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. So that you can know God. Listen, I want to tell you there is more to this. There is more to it. You were made to know God. And wherever you're at today, regardless of what your background is, regardless of what you came in from today, regardless of what you came in from today, man, I came here to this stage today to tell every person in the room, Jesus loves you. And there is hope. There's forgiveness. And there's a second chance. And you don't have to go and clean yourself off first. You don't have to go and try to keep a bunch of rules first. Because the preparation has already been made. You just need the belief. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you are the only way to know the Father. 
There is no other way. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of even what we may think, you have said differently. And you are God, risen from the dead. So you are right. And Father, I don't know what these people are leaving to. Many may be leaving to, to, a, to a really comfortable Sunday afternoon with a great job, great spouse, and great kids. But deep down they wonder, is there more? Is there more to it than this? Or God, there are other people in the room and I know they're here and they're, they're thinking, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can take this one. If you're here today and you're in that position, you'd say, Mark, you know what? You don't, I'm not asking you to give me any specifics on it. But if you're here today, you say, Mark, I'm facing something. My family's facing something. And it's so big. I just really could use somebody to pray for me. Would you just lift your hand up right now and put it back down? I see those hands. Raise those hands. Put those back down. God bless you. God bless you. You don't be afraid. We're not going to ask you to do anything else here. That's you. You say, my family's facing something. I'm going, I, just like, I just want some prayer. Put your hands down. See, some of you here, some of you here, you know that this has been for you today. You just thought maybe you were going to watch a friend get baptized or you were going to come check out this new church at the Forum. But listen, it's not an accident that you're here. God brought you here. And God brought you here because He wanted you to know that, you lo- that He loves you. And He brought you here so that you could hear Him say that. And then you could be forgiven for your sins and given your life. See, the Bible says that not everyone is going to go to heaven. But that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and that to have a relationship with Him so that we can know we'll be with Him for eternity and so that we can know we'll have Him right now in this life. What we need to do is we need to do what the Bible says. It's called repent. Repent of our sins. To go to God and say, God, I've sinned. Forgive me for it. I'm sorry. And then to give Him our lives. To repent and believe. See, some of you are here... And maybe you thought, you know what, I'm just going to try to be a really good person and hopefully in the end that's going to cut it. Listen, it's not going to cut it. Today's the day you can start a relationship with God. Today's the day we can celebrate with you like, you, like we celebrated those 14 people. Today's the day you can respond and go to God and say, God, forgive me. I want to have a relationship with you. God, forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. And change me. I want to give my life to you for the very first time. Is that what you need to do today? Listen, without anybody looking around, without anybody looking around, I'm going to count to three. And when I say three, if that's you, if you know that you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, you want to have a relationship with God. If that's you, when I say three, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And that's it. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Don't worry about, nobody's looking around. So when I count to three, if that's you, you say, Mark, I want to have a relationship with God. I want to give my life to Christ. You just raise your hand when I say three. One, two, this is your time. Nobody's looking around. This is between you and the Lord. If you want to give your life to Jesus, just simply raise your hand. Three, anybody, just raise your hand right now. Raise it high so that we can see that hand if that's you. There's one, God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. You put your hand down. If that's you, if you'd say, you know what, Mark, I want to respond to the gospel. I want to give my life to Christ today. 
Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray a prayer. And this prayer is not magic. It's not magic words. I just find that it helps people in this situation. And if you're here, you want to give your life to Christ, you just pray this prayer silently with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Come into my life. Save me. I give my life to you. I want to live for you and follow you. In your name, amen. Amen. Summit, we have people raise their hands and respond to the gospel. Let's clap and let's give God praise this morning. Listen, if that's you, if that's you, listen, if you raised your hand or if you did not, but you say, I, I, I want to I know what it takes to have a relationship with God. I want to begin that relationship. Then what I'm going to ask you to do is take your connection card and on the back you flip it over. There's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. You flip that. You give it to one of our ushers as you're leaving today. If you're a first-time guest, give it to our connection uh, point table. It's got the banner behind it out there in the lobby. We want to help you know what it is to take the next step. We want to love you and care for you because you've responded to the gospel and see what God is doing in your life today. Listen, we want to thank you guys so much for being here with us. Our ushers are in place right now. And so you can go ahead and make preparations to give for the offering today there as you're leaving. And also... If you're a regular attender, this is your second time with us, give them your connection card. You can let us know about any prayer requests you might have. Some of you are here, you know you want to volunteer, you know you want to serve in Summit Kids or guest services, anything that's on the back. Just check that box. We'll be in touch with you this week. But you give those connection cards to our ushers when you leave today. If you're a first-time guest, though, hang on to it. Into the lobby to your right is our Connection Point table. Greeters are there. We've got a free gift for you guys. Hey, God bless you guys. Has this been good to be here today? It's been, it's been a good day. Man, God bless you guys. We love you more than you know. Come back next Sunday, all right? God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Joy.